Hey, Gabe, how's it going? Good. How are you, David? I'm I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right uh, today. I'm excited for this topic. I I don't quite know where it will go, but I wanted to I, I wanted to start with a question and, and let's just hear your honest answer to the leading question and then we'll get in sort of, into like sort of the broader topic that um, it's underneath. Like I want to know what you think will happen to my professional career when the nudes I've sent as a university student eventually get leaked. Because, you know, I don't, from our conversations about drugs, it definitely seems like perhaps you had a more calm uh, youth than I did. I was sort of all over the place, partier, sex, drugs, these sorts of things. And I'm very interested in how that will impact me as an adult, as a professional, right? Because, I mean, I'm certain that lots of 50-year-olds now had their wild times there was the whole 60s and all of this stuff but there was no photograph photographic evidence there was no permanent record of all of this stuff but there is for me right like I once spent 12 hours deleting stuff off my Facebook right um, and so what do you think as as a I, you're not like a conservative individual but you know you've had less of a wild life than me perhaps as a young adult and, and so like, you're the stand-up citizen who should be running, uh, you know, the country. And here am I, here, I'm a degenerate, I'm a, I'm a recovered degenerate. So what do you think of that and, and how that sort of intersects with, you know, the culture and, and what it will be like in the next 10, 20 years as our generation starts to like take prominence, so to speak? Yeah, I think it's hard to say. I mean, I think you know, the best you could usually do with these sorts of things is take a look at certain snippets of time and try and plot a trajectory based on some, some trend that you see. Right. And so that being said, I mean, if you were to take a 50 year trajectory, you know, or a fit to the last 50 years, if you will, um, that probably wouldn't be very accurate for the next five. Right. I mean, I think certainly since the internet came, came around in full force and, and, really in the last 10 years more so with social media and these sites, these types of things, there have been shifts in the culture that I don't think anybody really anticipated. Um, and if they did, they're really rich. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, my point is that if I was to take sort of a fit of the last two years um, going into the future, I, I, I almost hesitate to, to say, because it feels like this is at the end of a pendulum swing, right? I mean, People are digging up stuff from five years ago, 10 years ago, 25, 30 years ago, right? Um, even before the advent, really in full force of the internet and shaming people, getting people fired, all sorts of stuff is happening. And, and that's even beyond sort of the immediate scope of the kind of photographic evidence, like what you were referring to before, right? I mean, that's yeah. like, that's like people getting photos out of photo albums and scanning them in to cancel these people. It's, <laughs> it's insane. Um, yeah, but yearbooks, exactly. Right. I mean, and, and, and there's a lot of danger in that, but I think my sense is that, or maybe this is just my hope, but I will go with my sense on it for the moment is that we're at the end of a pendulum swing with the cultural sensitivity to these things. Right. So we're at the, at the, maybe not the very most extreme, but close to the furthest extreme that I think the culture will go in terms of the extreme judgment on these sorts of things happening, right? So you you put it as sort of the wild youth phenomenon, right? People kind of have crazy times as, you know, when they're growing up and all that stuff, which 
I don't think that's inherently bad in any way. I think that, you know, uh, it, it's funny. I mean, if you, if you talk to individual people and ask them, Hey, what did you do when you grow up, when you grew up, did you have some wild times? Everybody has a story to tell. And if, you know, if they're willing to share a little bit, Oh, I can't believe I did that. That was so stupid of me, whatever it is. Right. But I mean, that, that is absolutely the norm and not the exception, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like everybody is, is super straight laced and didn't do anything fun at all and didn't get into any trouble. It's that's like the very few people can say something like that. And yet, if you were to take sort of the temperature of the culture from what people are getting canceled over and, and what people are getting in trouble for, you'd think it was the exact opposite, right? I mean, all these people who are, oh, you know, off with their heads, you know, they shouldn't be on this social media platform. They shouldn't have this job. It's like, wait, but have, didn't you have some wild times? Didn't you? I mean, this is at least relatable across different, you know, different people, right? I mean, people make mistakes. The fact that there's no consideration for any sort of, I don't want to say forgiveness because it's not like it's inherently a bad thing to do a lot of the things that you're doing when you grow up. Yeah. But, but it's from a different context. You don't have as much knowledge. You're not able to, you know, understand reality the same way as you do as an adult. And so you then look back and say, oh, that was kind of stupid or that was kind of silly or whatever it is, but not inherently wrong or evil most times. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I think the fact that people are so um, unwilling to engage in any conversation in terms of understanding forgiveness, sort of a um, uh, charitable reading of history, if you will. Mm -hmm. I think that's really scary. Um, but again, I think we're at the end of the pendulum swing, in my opinion. So I think looking back, somebody, if they were to look back and, and you know, try and find whatever dirt they could on you, say, um, I, I, I want to uh, say that that's something that will go, that, that either will go away or, or should go away over the next few years as, the, as, as we become oversaturated with these things and people start to understand, hey, forgiveness, understanding, you know, kind of a charitable reading of history, that should be in the conversation. It's not just all the time trying to beat people down as, as heavily as possible with as little as possible, right? That's what I want to say should happen, but will it happen? I don't know. So I have two responses. One is just a, a quick one because the 22-year-old the, the partier in me wants to clarify that like probably like most people have some, I think no one would believe all of my stories happened to just one person. So I, I just, part of me needs to gloat, which is like, you know, I have to figure out why I still need, that's some introspection. I need to figure out why I still want that credit. But um, <laughs> so that's, that's one thing. Um, the second is I, I think I, I mostly agree with, you know, at least what should happen. And I do think we're trending towards that generally, but most of what you talked about, I'd say would cover things that are so more so like, things that quote shouldn't have been done for some reason not necessarily things that it's acceptable to do we just don't want to know about it right because a lot of the stuff people are getting canceled over shamed over and this sort of thing it's less let's say sex and just stuff that people do generally accept it's more oh he painted his face black he tweeted some bad tweet and that sort of thing because i do think in all of what's been going on in the culture and cancel culture and all of that stuff, sex still seems to be different for some reason. It's not handled in the same way. And that's what I'm really interested in. And it's also sort of a balance of, okay, we're now training kids in today's culture. Should they be more reserved? Should they be more wary? Because we know 
everything they ever send on Snapchat is probably living on someone's hard drive, right? And then the other thing is also, you know, forgiveness aside or not, right? Or, or even if it's unnecessary, right? If I'm 40 years old running a company and a, and a nude of me that exists gets leaked, right? How, how does that impact me? And how should I think about it as well, right? Because that is that like, it's almost inevitable that's, that's going to happen to many people and it's possible or probable it could happen to me. I don't know exactly how my friends circulated the photo at the time. So I don't know who's in possession of it. But even the fact talking this openly about this there's probably a lot of older people who wouldn't want to give me their money, so to speak, who wouldn't feel comfortable associating with me. And it's okay. They're an old era. I understand that. But how like, I'm so fascinated to, to try and project forward how our generation will be in 20 years, right? Because, yeah, like what, like, I don't, if I could choose, I don't want everyone seeing, you know, my, my genitalia, but I might not have total control over that. And so like, I have to think about, or should I bother to like have an action plan of when that happens? How do I respond? And it's interesting because it sort of happens with celebrities, right? There was like iCloud hacks and these sorts of things. And it's almost like a feeding frenzy in some as some areas of the internet. And like, we should respect their privacy, but like the media doesn't do that for anyone ever. Right. So it's, and, and it's really interesting. And, and the one example that's really potent in my mind in this regard it was, I think, I think it was a female judge in Western Canada whose nudes that she had sent to her husband at the time, he spread them or they got leaked or something. And she ended up losing her job because there was like, people didn't think it was like, a you know, it was sort of labeled as like the, her losing her job was sort of labeled as like anti-sex, anti-womanhood, right? Anti-femininity because she was just expressing her a positive sexuality to the man he was married to. So like totally within cultural acceptability, so to speak. And yet people still couldn't get over it to let her keep her job. That's nuts right. to me, but there's also something to be said, you know, how can lawyers like, will they be picturing her? Right? Like how will it affect the job she has to do? It might. And, and, you know, I'm sure the whole other side, like, you know, I'm, I'm, will will be angry with bringing that up right but that would impact the way people think of you deal with you and so it's like there's so many variables and it seems particularly unique and potentially outside of this traditional pendulum or like you know what i mean um when it comes to sex yeah it's a good point um and i think so a couple a couple things that you that i'd like to pull a thread on that you just mentioned i mean with respect to the attitude towards, you know, um, or the, I guess the, the general set of attitudes, I guess one could have with uh, recognizing, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that or, or even more broadly, something was done. I did do something and it could manifest in a negative way at some point later on. Right. I think it's really interesting to note that, that there are, you know, the culture is a big experiment that's going on all the time with all sorts of these things happening and really observing how the experiment plays out is it's really instructive in certain ways. So particular examples that come to mind, I mean, we, we always tend to look at like the rock star character, you know, character in the culture, right? Like um, Jack Nicholson is a great example, right? Uh, as an actor, like 
it's kind of a known thing in Hollywood. Like, dude, he's slept with everybody. He's done all the drugs. Like he's, he's, he was a wild dude. It's probably still is a wild dude. Right. And yet it's like, he's not, it's kind of like a, Oh, he owns it type thing. Right. And, and that's, that's one way of going about this in the sense of like, you know, getting back to the actual rock stars, you know, Gene Simmons or whoever the hell else. Right. Like, yeah, these guys were partiers, man. They were crazy slept with, you know, truck, truck fulls of women, all, you know, all the time, just living it, living the life, right. Doing all sorts of drugs all the time. And yet there's kind of this understanding in the culture of like, oh yeah, like he's not denying that he did that. So, you know, he's just kind of owning, oh yeah, I was crazy. I was crazy back in the day and that's what I did. And I'm still alive. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, there, there's, you, there's that element, right? Sorry, go ahead. Can you think of examples though, of like, cause no one would take Jack Nicholson or Gene Simmons seriously in terms <laughs> of like, let's call it philosophy or politics or these sorts of things, right? Because sure. there are some actors, some rock stars who try to be activists, advocates. I don't think either sure. of those two are, and I don't think they would be as well respected if they were. And I don't know of any politicians who just own their past, because that's what I was saying. Like, I'm going to be the first, when I was interested in politics, I'll be yeah. the first politician who just owns and, and accepts the reality of my youth and doesn't try and bury it in this sort of things. But there still well, seems to be this sort of interesting disconnect. Yeah, and, and I, I agree. And I think that the examples I gave are extreme examples, right, that are kind of um, encapsulate a full, a full character, right? Like the rock star character, the crazy yeah. Hollywood character. But I think that there are hints of this. And you, you actually brought up one that I think is interesting that there's this, you know, one of the elements of sort of, if you will, modern feminism or the modern feminist movement, however you want to codify it. Um, one element that I, I actually appreciate, and I think that there's a pearl of wisdom deep down at the bottom that, of course, gets taken way too far and, and it goes off the rails very quickly. But it, there's this little pearl of this sort of sexual empowerment thing, right? And, and this was a very big, you know, first, second wave feminist thing that, that was a, a much bigger player at that time. I think the third wave goes, goes off the rails, as I said, with, with a lot of it. But my, my point is, it, there is this sort of um, attitude of, yeah, it's embarrassing to have those things get out, right? Hackers uh, hack the cloud and get uh, nudes of Scarlett Johansson or, you know, Jennifer Lawrence or whoever it is, right? It seems like this happens on a monthly basis nowadays, right? And it's, and there's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with those things existing. I mean, these are, this is people doing their own things in their own private time, right? Making their own decisions. I don't think there's any leg for anyone to stand on to say, oh, they shouldn't have taken those or they, they, you know, that's, they're, they're not at all in the wrong, in my opinion. And, and I think that what's been really encouraging, I think, is that a few of these people, I'm trying, and I'll, I'll get, I'll get the ones wrong if I try and name which ones, but a few of these people who have been the victims of this have kind of taken it back and said like, yeah, whatever, like, you know, I, I'll, uh, I'm going to try and get to the bottom of this and try and, you know, use as much of the legal system as I can to get back at these guys. But at the end of the day, it's my body. Like, I don't give a shit. It's fine. You know, like I'm owning it. And a lot of that, okay, fair enough, maybe like a uh, tell yourself, you know, toughen up, toughen up, but to get through a hard time. I get it. It's embarrassing. I can only imagine what they're going through, right? But, but even if a little bit of that is really their attitude of like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a human body. It's natural. Like, you know, I, it's, a, it's a huge uh, embarrassment for me. And like, you know, I can't believe that somebody broke my privacy in this way. 
but yeah, like screw them. And they use that as kind of like an empowering type thing, right. Mm -hmm. Of a, um, you know, as far as they take it, you know, but that attitude what I'm saying, that's a healthy attitude. Um, and, and that kind of hits on that, uh, rock star attitude, uh, that I was referring to before of like, Oh man, these guys just own it. Like, you know, they, they can't be shamed for doing all this stuff. Cause they're just like, yeah, whatever. Like did a bunch of cocaine in the eighties. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm not denying that or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. You know? And it's just like, okay, well, that's one way to do it. Um, so, so I think that that element kind of is a little bit of a through line with some of these things that are happening in terms of the privacy thing. And I think that that's the right attitude to encourage, you know, it shouldn't be a, um, when, you know, when these hackers see, Oh, we, we got another one. We shamed this, this, poor person you know into oblivion and they're crying and they have a mental breakdown that's kind of like a we won you know like oh that means that we did it type thing and, and it's a little bit of an incentive feedback loop right whereas to try and break that incentive feedback loop of just like yeah whatever man like i took some pictures of my naked body at some point and sent them around like you have a naked body too everybody has a naked body it's you know whatever you know and, and being able to push back on that at least culturally speaking I think that's what will start to get, get, you know, get things moving in the right direction to a healthier conception of sex. And, and I think that like, I don't necessarily think our, our generation has a healthy view of sex, but it definitely has like sure. a hedonistic view, which would be more accepting of this aspect of it. Right. Like let's say this side of the coin. Right. Um, which I think is interesting. So it'll be, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how it sort of settles out, but I also like, how would you feel in that situation? Like, cause I, 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 if, if you had nudes that got leaked, because even once, you know, I forget where I was, but like, you know, somehow for some reason I was doing something on the internet and someone claimed to have video of me, you know, in a, in a sexual sort of light. And then they mm. say like, you, they try and uh, say like, if you don't wire me $10,000 on PayPal or whatever, I will leak this to everyone. So I posted this email on social media and just said, Hey, everyone heads up. You might see a video of me doing this, right? Like, cause like, that's all you can do. Right. But that's definitely not many people's approaches. I think there's like, yeah. definitely people do give in to hackers who, uh, you know, threaten to leak images of them and this sort of thing. I'm interested, like, what are your thoughts on if this was happening to you um, and how you relate to this as someone who wants to be a professional, wants to be taken seriously and these sorts of things? Yeah, so it's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think whenever I consider questions like this that sort of, you know, involve a lot of elements that are in my control and out of my control, what I try and do is really focus in on what's in my control, right? So it's a little bit of that stoic thing, you know, the, you can't control what happens, but you can control what, what, how you react to it, right. How you assess mm -hmm. the, the thing, um, you know, so, so what I, what I tend to do or what I have tended to do when things like this have happened in the past, you know, just big embarrassments, let's say to, to abstract it a little bit more, um, is typically if I haven't been thinking about it, I get overwhelmed, you know, super, in my head, uh, you know, negativity and you get, you go to dark places, right? You go to really dark places, start considering doing things that you ought not to do. Um, and so I think now, if you were to ask me, it would be an exercise of, all right, what, what's to be done, right? Is, is, I mean, if the world is over, if life is over, there's absolutely nothing to be done. Okay. 
then that's another conversation. But if it's, all right, what can I do from here? Is it, do I do, do I do some serious introspection? Do I do as much damage control as possible? Whatever that means in the situation. Right. Um, I, I hate, hate to say this, but you know, are there apologies that need to be made? Right. I mean, if it's a specific person, not this, I apologize on social media bullshit, which I just, I don't, I, I, I'm not about that. Like, uh, yeah. sorry to all your viewers, if you know, whatever, but um, I just, I just find it very hollow. Right. I, right. Oh, you know, this big post of social media. I'm so sorry for blah, 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 blah. No, I, I don't buy that. You know, not 90% of the time I don't buy that, but you know, yeah. if there's a specific person that was involved that may have been hurt, right. Mm. That's a legitimate apology that could be yeah. made, right. Trying to make amends with actual human relationships. So yeah, I think to abstract it out a bit, I would say understand what's in your control and what's out of your control. I mean, is there are there elements of this? People will have seen this thing that's out of your control. They've now seen it. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. But I think it's a huge mistake to let that aspect go uh, further than it needs to. Right? Oh, there's mm-hmm. nothing I can do. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I'm so powerless. There's not a dang thing I can do to make this better in any way. All of this is just decided for me. It's it's the same kind of theme that that comes up every now and then with when we have conversations. Is that the power of choice? You know, the power of volition, the power of people to actually make choices to make changes in their lives, is so diminished in the culture today. It's so minimized, and this is exactly one of those situations where it should be maximized. It should be uh, brought to the fore and say, "Look, what can you do? Can you know what decisions can you make now to to." either navigate through this tough situation or in a, in a more positive sense, maybe even overcome this tough situation. Right. I mean, there, there is a lot of power in the ability to choose, right. These things. And so I think that a lot of it is uh, uh, my own personal reaction would be based in that trying to recognize what is, what can be changed, what can't be changed, how to progress forward, you know, don't be stagnant is that type of thing. Cause that's, that's when the real, real bad stuff uh, starts to happen mentally, right? And so how how do you think of sort of navigating this with respect to the older generations? Because that's mm. the thing that I see as the bigger issue is like for 90% of what I do and what I work on, my view is like, I don't really care about anyone over 35. If they don't, if for some reason they're turned off by something I fundamentally think is good or true or should be talked about, like that, then they're not for me. Right. But that would be different if I was looking for investors, that would be different. If I was look like there's a lot of professions, there's a lot of fields where you have to engage with people 50 plus or whatever it is. And they're going to on average have a fundamentally different view. I want to just jump back and say, like, I, I think your, your highlighting of volition and the, and like the choice is really important and, and good. And, and I think it's a good guidance. So I don't want to like sort of Uh, leave that thread uh, uncommented on. But to me, it's like, I agree. And I think that is the right approach. And I think it's easier to navigate within the young generation, because of sort of our context. But to me, it, it becomes very difficult. And especially if we're now talking about, you know, hierarchy of values, so to speak, right. And like, there's a lot of value that I could potentially get from the older generation, but it might cost me. So it's like, actually making the decisions and knowing what the best thing is when there's a group of people who have a different context than me, potentially different values than I do, than I have, 
how do you think about navigating with that? Because that's something I'm already hitting up against in terms of my content, right? Like I'm putting out controversial content, talking, I'm pushing the limits of, of like sort of my thinking and also what is okay to talk about. And, you know, I, I definitely know that I'm going to start rubbing people the wrong way, so to speak, right? Um, so, so what do you think of sort of this? Because, you know, I don't like splitting, you know, the culture into groups, everyone's an individual, but the biggest distinction I've noticed in the past five years with everything I do is like, is a generational one, right? Like, did you grow up on the internet or didn't you, right? Like that's a huge right. difference in culture, right? Yeah. Well, and I think that you, you hit on it a little bit right there is that it's, it, the, the fundamental inertia of, of all of this, you know, the, the, behemoth that you're kind of seeking to move is it's based in a in in the culture right in the culture meaning a group phenomenon it's many many people you know kind of a um a zeitgeist for for the culture that pervades a particular subject you know for instance sex which i agree is very different for the older generation than it is for the younger generation um i think that the only real way to to make progress meaningful progress, at least in the short term, is engagement with individuals, right? So, I mean, if, if you, and what I've always found is that if you engage people of the older generation individually and really have a deep conversation immediately or very close to, to the beginning of the conversation or when you start to really start to dig into these things, what I've found is that, oh, you know, there's differences of opinion and some of those are rooted in, in, you know, what's your epistemology or what's your, your ethics type, type stuff, right? And then other parts are, oh, well, that's just kind of an assumption that I have. You know, that's the cultural element. You know, that's the sense of life, if you will, you know, to kind of borrow a term or to, to roughly put that, insert that into this conversation. It's, it's the thing that maybe you haven't really dug into in deep detail philosophically, but it's part of your philosophy. It's part of the way you think. I think that a lot of the sex conversation is like that for the older generation. It's just sort of this baseline. Um, many, if not most, have not really dug into it and asked the hard questions and figured out, why do I think this? Uh, why do I assume this? Why, you know, why is this good? Why is this bad in my mind? Um, and and that's, that's true for everybody. Not, not many people dig into their philosophy. Not many people dig into their sense of life and ask these sorts of questions. But in order to make progress, it's it's... I think one-on-one engagement between say a person of the younger generation, our generation, let's say we're not young anymore, but you know, the younger generation, I guess um, with, with the older generation, a one-on-one exchange in which you can really dig into these things in an invitational rhetoric kind of way, you know, welcoming, not trying to, you know, the, the awful stuff that you're seeing right now on online where, you know, the grandchild, you know, cusses out the granddad for this, belief that you know doesn't fit exactly nicely with the culture right now i mean that's that is the absolute wrong way to do it right that's i, I find those videos disgusting I, I i mean just totally despicable i can't believe anybody will applaud anything like that it makes me sick but but you know in a very in a very welcoming invitational rhetoric kind of way charitable interpretations of of statements and history and all this stuff that's when you make progress right and it's 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 slow because you the inertia comes from the group right? You know, really trying to shift the group, but you have to be clear about what your goal is, right? Is your goal to totally shift the older generation 
as a whole out of their sort of sense of life, out of their mentality on sex. I mean, good luck. That That's a tough one. I mean, when you figure out how to do that, that's, that's a tough one, but, or is it to maybe bring it down, not even to an individual, but a, uh, an interview committee say for, for, you know, a job that you're interviewing for or for an investment, a committee of investors, right. Where you're asking them to invest in your product. That's a lot more tractable of a, of a task and a conversation to have with several individuals rather than the broad, you know, behemoth of the culture that is, that has this enormous amount of inertia moving in one way. Right. So again, what depends on what your goals are, but I do think you can absolutely make progress in that way. I mean, People are a lot more willing to listen, willing to question their own um, beliefs, but, you know, assumptions than I think people give them credit for. You know, I think the, the, the culture right now, everybody thinks, oh, people are set in their ways. They're never going to change. They just, you know, they, they don't know anything. But okay, boomer, you know, all that, all that BS. Like, I mean, you just write off people so easily by saying those things and making those assumptions. And it's like, if you actually sit down and do the work, these people are willing to listen. These people are willing to learn. These people are willing to question things that they've assumed for 40, 50, 60 years. And mm-hmm. that's how you can make progress on an individual basis as, as for, I mean, in my experience. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, and it sort of also connects back to what you were talking about with respect to like the extreme cases of Gene Simmons, uh, Jack Nicholson and stuff, right? Like, cause even in my experience to date, the more I've just accepted this sort of stuff as facts about my past, the more everyone has accepted it because the average person wants to work with me because of the value I can generate for them, right? And it doesn't matter to people who are really value-oriented that I made some mistake in my past or, or maybe it wasn't a mistake, that I did something at the time that was just maybe something I wouldn't do now, right? Um, and even like there's a few examples that come to mind for me so I was like a, a pretty active student politician working both with other students and with, you know, faculty administration and things like this. Right. And so within the student body, like I had had like basically nudes put up in front of like 60 people um, and and also had like personal details of my sexual exploits talked about in front of like 250 people and you know, that's just because I didn't have the best friends, but, um, you know, it didn't affect my working relationship with anyone. Right. And, and I just like, okay, yeah, they, okay. My friends threw me under the bus about this thing. Okay. That's a thing that more people than I would want to know now know, but it's like, you know, one fact of a million about me, the same as, you know, the fact that I'm bald or whatever it is. Right. Um, and so, and, and the people who actually cared about it or would bring it up to me, they're not people who are focused on the right things anyways, right? And it was even more concrete of an example. Like I was a partier, I was kind of all over the place and I was really well-respected by like the Dean of Engineering at the university. I worked with faculty consistently. And yes, maybe I would have been viewed a little bit differently if I if they also didn't see me like, really drunk once in a while, but they also knew the context. They could hold the context of, I was 21, 22. Lots of people were doing this. I remember there's one event where like everyone dresses up like in absurd costumes and is really drunk. And so I was in this situation and it didn't damage my relationships. And I honestly believe that, right? Perhaps if I was the type of person who didn't take value in that, I would have made 
better strides in other areas of my life generally, right? That's a different conversation though, but I don't think it damaged my professional relationships because they knew who I was and how I was. I'm also, I'm watching the, the last dance, Michael Jordan, the documentary about Michael Jordan. And I'm thinking of Dennis Rodman, right? Dennis Rodman was like the rock star basketball player type all like over the top. And in this, inter- in this documentary, it becomes very clear that Michael Jordan didn't care because when, when Dennis Rodman was working, he was working as hard as anyone. And that's what really mattered, like, you know, personality quirks aside. And I think that's sort of the most vivid thing that I'm taking away for this sort of broadly. And I think others should as well is, yes, there's more evidence of our escapades now than ever before. Lots of photos, text messages, everything you've ever said is now documented, right? Um, But even with the older generation, I would hold it almost in a similar way as if they're focused on that instead of the value I can create as a primary, they're probably not someone I want to be working with anyways. Right. And and they're going to miss out on that value as a result. I mean, you have to think about, you have to think about these things in terms of the opportunity you know, it's a value perspective, right? I mean, if you, if someone is really pursuing values, right, or, or pursuing more broadly a trader mentality of seeking values, trading for values, this sort of thing, you know, you're missing out on value if, if, you know, potentially a lot of value, if you're willing as a person to write somebody off because of these sorts of things, right? I mean, it's, you know, the, the, oh, you know, he was young, just that little bit of context, just just like you said oh yeah he's young he's 21 you know that that's that that dropping of context really is what it is when people are like oh why is he doing that you know that's not appropriate for some reason it's like oh yeah maybe not for a 45 year old professor um but he's a 20 year old dude you know in that time of his life you know i mean if anything you know you could probably appreciate that you know where he's at in his life because you were there too and, and you know all that but just you know, dropping that context and kind of being willing, so, so willing to easily, sorry, very readily willing is what I'm trying to say to completely deny any, any value that that person can give beyond this, this, what they could perceive as a mistake or what they could perceive Mm -hmm. as not the most tasteful thing or or whatever their evaluation is. Right. And I, I, yeah, I think my personal opinion on it is I think it's a it's an indictment of the cognitive laziness people are more and more starting to have in their lives, right? They're not willing to, um, again, do the cognitive work to say, well, wait a second, you know, okay, this, this happened to this person or this person is acting in this way, uh, you know, in this certain situation, what's the broader context to that, right? Where is he at in his life? Uh, have I seen him in other contexts, you know, in professional contexts, in whatever other context? that just goes out the window. It takes too much time. It's too much work. Um, no, you know, one and done it's, it's over. And so, and I think that's, that's the sinister thing. I think that's, that's starting to propagate into the culture right now. And it's not sustainable. You know, as I said, I think the pendulum is going to swing the other way, but I think in the context of sex, it is unique. Just like you said, it's, it's maybe a, a different, different axis of the pendulum or something. I, my, you know, mathematically speaking, maybe we can get into it at some point, but anyways, um, I do think it's a little bit unique in that, but I think there are similarities. Yeah. And it's sort of, to me, the, the last thing I'll bring up is it sort of seems to come to a head to me in tick with TikTok, because both now you have like sort of relatively young people 
one being hyper famous and hypersexual, like both. Right. So it's like, cause I see there's like 18, 19 year olds getting canceled and people like our response is like, well, why are you relying on this child? Right. Like, of course they're making mistakes at this exact moment. Right. Whereas, okay. It used to be Justin Bieber was the one mega celebrity tween or whatever it is. Right. But now there's like, there's so many, right. They're everywhere. And of course they're going to be making mistakes. And are we really going to vilify them that much? And I remember seeing something about like Charlie D'Amelio or, or something like one of the most famous TikTokers, like the posts she would make before. And now the ones she makes because she's been body shamed so much. And she wasn't trying to be sexual necessarily. She just has a like, she had like exposure in her of her body in some of these videos and stuff. And so it maybe maybe they are intersecting because like the nature of extreme media is it sells sex, right? And so it's like very interesting to see it come to a head with this sort of like, imagine being an 18 year old now in the cancel culture, right? It's like live, right? You make a mistake the next day you're canceled. It's not they're digging up a yearbook 30 years later, right? Or something right. like that. So it's, it's a really bizarre time, I think. Um, and, and yeah, it's interesting because of how clearly sex is becoming sort of uh, it's like an, ov an overt tactic now, like not even hidden a little bit. And it was always at least, you know, painted or, or whatever, dressed up a little bit. So all of these threads are coming together at the same time. So maybe the two pendulums are going to hit and they'll crash into each other or something, but it's uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And, and as I said, it's not sustainable. I mean, it's, it's more important now than ever to really focus on, on, you know, rationally, I mean, on, on thinking, on really doing the work to think about these things, because cognitive laziness right now is not going to help with a lot of these trends that are starting to come to a head. And these are dangerous, dangerous trends, man. I mean, as you said, kids getting canceled. I mean, uh, you know, that you're a kid, you're supposed to make mistakes as a kid. That's part of how you learn, right? I mean, um, I, I can only imagine being in, you know, a 15, 16, 18, 20 year old right now at this time. I mean, it's just, it's a wild time. So I think it's, uh, it, it's a, it's a concerning thing about the culture. It's a, it's a concerning trend in my mind, but as I said, there, there are ways to combat it. And I think it's encouraging thoughtfulness, you know, getting people to just be as thoughtful as measured as, as they can be and not give in to sort of the, the quick paced, um, reactionary type thing that's happening in the culture. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, do you have any last thoughts? I think that sort of summarizes it quite well. I'm, I'm very happy with how this conversation flowed, but I'm interested. Do you have any last thoughts? Any? I think that was, that was most of what I had for, for the last bit in mind. So yeah, I think I'm good. Perfect. Thanks, Gabe. Thanks, David.